we talk and walk a little and i'm gonna make a confession i'll tell you what that confession is in just a second here on locked on jaguars you are locked on jaguars your daily jacksonville jaguars podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Welcome to another edition of Locked On Jaguars. I am the host of Locked On Jaguars, Tony Wiggins, and we are grateful for you making us your first listen here because it's your team every day. You can also subscribe for free on our YouTube page, on the Locked On Jaguars YouTube page, and catch us anywhere on any platform wherever you get your podcast. We are talking walk a little today. That's right. Walk a little. We spent so much time. I spent so much time going crazy and being semi-angry about uh, the Jaguars not retaining uh, Juwan Taylor that I haven't gotten to walk a little. I will do that after letting you know that today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise? This game is definitely for you to download the game. Just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. Our listeners get 100% free bonus boost to their franchise when using the promo locked on in all caps in the game yeah man we've been kind of playing gm a little bit on on these podcasts the last few days also i hope y'all really really enjoy the new backdrop if you can see it on youtube it is of our beautiful city in fact this particular picture that was created by our uh, our graphics department and our in our social media folks listen I actually live in walking distance from the point where this picture was taken. So this is, is very, very fitting. I live and work within what well, I live in walking distance. I don't work. I, I, I work in bicycle distance from the, um, the actual photo or whatever you want to call the backdrop. And, and I absolutely love it, man, because I think it really um, captures the heart of Jacksonville. It captures Duval and, uh, wonderful man so shout out to i'm gonna tell you who did it uh, brian levine brian levine i got with him uh uh not too long ago and i asked him to help me out with it because i had been using that the backdrop that was the living room for a long time because it was just the, the stock one but i wanted to do something for you guys that was more relevant to our great city of jacksonville better known as duval um got into a couple of spats and a little bit of beef with people about the Jaguars losing um, our, our right tackle, the best lineman they had last year. I don't want anyone to think that that means I don't like Walker Little because I know you can go back about a year or two on these podcasts and I'm big up and Walker Little and how important it is for his development for this franchise. The confession that I'm going to make to y'all is this. I've always said this, and anyone that knows me, any new people that are here on this podcast, you know that one of the things that I've always said is it is very difficult for me to look at linemen and tell who's doing what right and who's doing what wrong. All I know is that when you see somebody get knocked on their ass like Luke Joker used to, that it was like not good, right? 
So I always lean on experts. And I, I did reach out to a buddy of mine who um, it's not really a buddy of mine. OK, but a buddy of mine, a, a guy who played in the league for a long time, who's really good friends with a friend of mine who played in the league for a long time, uh, George Foster. And uh, we're going to try to get George. I hit him up real, real late in the process before I started recording this. But one day in the future, I'm going to have him come on and just explain the nuances of going from one side to another or one position to another. I remember David Deal for the New York Giants went from right tackle to left guard, then the left tackle, and then back to right guard and right tackle. He was all over the place. And it was seamless. What skill sets does it take for a guy to be able to do that? But we'll walk a little. Here's what I, I want to ask. Do you do we at some point get to the point where because they said he could play inside, because he's played right tackle, because he's played left tackle, he was in a camp battle with Jawan Taylor for the right tackle spot, and then he obviously stepped in for camp, and they say, you know, they call him a swing tackle or whatever. Does that does that hinder a guy's development that he never learns one thing? And are we finally going to get the best of Walker Little because he's going to be able to learn one thing? So the confession that I was actually going to make is this. When I was enthusiastic about Walker Little, it had nothing to do with Juwan Taylor. It had everything to do with Cam Robinson. I was hoping Walker Little could develop. And what, what, what happened is, what happened to Taylor this year, I was hoping would happen to Cam Robinson a year ago. And I think with all of the movement in personnel and all of the coaching changes and the mess with Urban Meyer, what got lost in that was people may not have had time to properly evaluate folks and really, really get a good look-see at who they were. I know a lot of people probably looked at that a year under Urban. Just take the film and just throw it in the trash. Don't even – just burn it all. Just burn it all. Don't even look at it because none of it mattered because how, how bad morale was. So we really got cheated on that. And 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 maybe what Trent Baalke and, and the crew did was they came in and they saw how big and athletic i stood right by an, a former nfl coach on the sideline of jaguars practice and he, he looked at two people and he was like okay i'll tell you who it was it was dave campo and dave campo said there were two people in particular that looked just like the guys they had in dallas when they won all of their super bowls and it was cam robinson and devon hamilton those are the two people that he looked at so coaches will, will like doug and his crew they come in for a first year and they look you know, no, we got to tag this guy. We can't let this guy get away. We remember him and we evaluated him when we were in Philly when he came out of college. No, we can't let him get away. So, you know, you tag him and then it's like, okay, let's see what this other kid can do over here. And Juwan Taylor holds on and beats out, um, beats out Walker Little. And then he has a really, really good year. But now, um, they have to wait for the compensatory pick to get compensation. My only gripe of this entire situation is at some point, there was a point where the Jaguars could have, I think, traded somebody and got like a second round pick for them and not waited on a late end of the third round compensatory pick. That's all. I just want the Jaguars to get to get maximum value for everything that they have and not just lose players. Like right now, Cincinnati is getting feelers and people are calling them about trading for Jonah Williams because he don't want to play right tackle anymore. He doesn't want to move over to right tackle from left tackle because they just signed Baby Zooks, Orlando Jr. So the thing is, is I think it's probably a little bit more difficult 
it's probably a little more difficult to to do things that uh, that all of us suggest. I'm going to talk about that, too. I'm going to tell you some of the things that I think are extremely hard to do uh, for. I think that are extremely hard to do for uh, a lot of people that we overlook. That is like going from people think a slow corner can automatically play safety. And I've heard that that's not true, um, that they can't automatically play safety, uh, that anybody who's a great athlete can play tight end or lamb linebacker. That's not true, right? That a big wide receiver can automatically go play tight end. That's also not true. So, to have a guy like that that you can move around is obviously valuable, but you have to wonder at some point, do teams get used to guys just being like a Swiss Army knife and a, a, a jack-of-all-trades, and does that at some point hinder that player from maximizing their potential at one position that's a very good question to ask and and i understand why people ask that question so much so i don't know and um i'm gonna have some people on probably next week that'll get specific with these positions so that we can understand a little bit better together collectively that we can all understand exactly what it is um, that enables some guys to be able to do that and some guys to not be able to do it and then what it is um that that makes a team want to come give a guy $80 million that they've never seen do something. I'll tell you all about that in just a second here on today's edition of Locked on Jaguars. But first, I got to let you guys know about FanDuel. That's right. FanDuel is the absolute truth, and they are our sponsor for today. And I could not be happier about that because, one, I love me some FanDuel. Two, I get to tell you about it here on the Locked On Podcast Network. FanDuel is for real, man. And with that tournament getting hot and heavy in the Sweet 16 starting, this is the time for you to really, really take advantage. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the Fan FanDuel Sports app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Yeah, that's right. Build your build your daily fan duel sportsbook up, even with parlays. That's right. You can have what is called a combined bet, and it's a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So FanDuel even lets you combine your bets. That is awesome also. So don't miss out on the chance of the no sweat first bet or the same game parlay. You have to go to FanDuel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked locked on to learn more make every moment more with fanduel an official sports betting partner of the nba and uh we will uh continue to talk about this i'm actually almost booking a guest right now okay now in the third segment i'm going to talk to you a little bit about the salary cap and why it's not real we're gonna have some fun i'm trying to get my man tommy mack while we're actually recording this right now to jump on with his tommy McManus, of course former jaguar player because he'll explain it to you better than anybody why you know you just can't think that 
you can change these positions and change these guys around. And don't let me don't get me started about talking about that linebacker position because with that linebacker position, it's really, really a big deal because Tommy hates when people try to they hate it. I think Tommy hated it when people tried to automatically just make Tim Tebow a linebacker. You know what I mean? They tried to make Tim Tebow a linebacker when uh, Tommy probably went crazy. If I if I recall correctly, he went crazy about that because it's something that just doesn't happen. In segment three, we're going to talk with Ross Jackson from Locked On NFL and Locked On Saints about the salary cap that I keep telling people I'm going to bring a witness on here. He's going to bear witness. He's going to be a witness to why the salary cap isn't real because if the salary cap was real and they would probably be an indictment from the New Orleans Saints for the way that they violate it every year. Uh, but it's just, it's just not, it's just not real. It's just not real. So hopefully Tommy Mack can get with us in a second. And look, just as soon as I said that, just as soon as I said that, Meathead jumps right in here. We're going to bring him up. Look at that. Look What's at that. What's up, man? Hey, man, I, I was so fast. I was typing. I said, Tommy Mack is going to jump here and jump all oh, over yeah. the podcast with me today. So, Tommy, this I'm, listen, I'm honored. Thank you. And good to see you, my man. Good to, good see, to you. see you, too. For yeah. anybody that doesn't know, me and Tommy have been fast friends for a long time, right? Oh, yeah. I used to stand outside of that gate when he was a player. And uh, me, and Tommy, <laughs> yeah, me, and Tom, me and Tommy me and Tommy, had a dust-up over politics, and we didn't speak for a whole year, and it hurt my heart, man, because yeah, I wanted to talk. Yeah, me too, bro. I know it did. I wanted to talk it to did. my dog so bad, but we we, 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 we are not going to ever do that again. Because hey, we listen, brought. it was dumb on my part. You know, I, I take full responsibility. No, I take responsibility. I'm See, so that's what friends... I'm that's what friends do. The record. You're right. You're right. That's and what I'm friends glad do. we're friends, my man. I'm glad yeah, we're friends. No doubt about it. Friends sure. like, like brothers and all of that stuff. So, yeah, man. So, Tommy, I, I was talking about yep. changing positions. And obviously, I've been okay. beating up on the Jaguars about not noticing Jawan Taylor. And really, okay. Okay. if this, you know, my thing is if the Bears had signed him to a lot of money, everybody would say he's not worth it. But it almost added so much legitimacy to it when the Chiefs did it because it's like, oh, God, yep. they. They saw something we didn't, and they're going to play him at left tackle. How hard yeah. is it for you to make that evaluation when, like, you've never seen him do it? What yeah. do you think they see in him that they think he can play left tackle at the Jaguars? I, a, I think they think he's very athletic, and you have to be very athletic to play left tackle. You have to be very athletic on the right side, but that left spot, you're looking for, you know, you're the best athlete on that offensive line for most lines. Uh, like you said over Twitter, there's a couple lines that are kind of the same, and I totally agree with that. But I think that's the biggest thing. You know, can he handle the number one rusher on that side? And, again, they they flip-flop. You know, defenses move that guy all over the place. But the majority of the time, he's he's going to be going against the top defender. Uh, look, I, I you know, it's funny. So prior to 2022, and, and before they signed camp, I, I'll be – I'd have been okay if they got rid of both of them at that time. I just Me wasn't, too. you know what I mean? And, and, and here's my reasoning. Um, and I, I would put percentages on it and I'll, and I'll just, if I'm redundant, I apologize. But after 2021, 20, uh, I looked at cam. I said, okay, cam is good. 85, 90% of the time. You, you, he'll take care of the guy. No problem. You got no problem with him whatsoever. Then at the worst moments, he gives up a hit on the QB or a sack, whatever. I threw it over to Juwan after 2021, and I said he's about 
75-80 where you know he's good. And I'm just talking pass protection, not not run blocking. Because I think they're both decent, very good to decent to very good at run blocking. And then there'd be times where he'd break down. So I felt that way. Now, they both got better in 2023. I think one thing you and I will agree with, Wig, is Phil Rosher and his uh, addition to the staff. He's, he's made them all better, in my opinion. I think he made Dewan better. I think he made Cam better. I think he made Walker Little better. Um, and I think that'll continue to improve because you and I both know a lot of it's technique, a lot of it's hand placement, a lot of it's quick feet, a lot of it's being able to, to go back and forth and be fluid and be patient and that type of thing. So, you know, look, I'm happy for Juwan. There's no doubt. And here's the question. If Walker's not here, wh- whether you or I believe he's the guy or not, do they make the move or do they find a way to make Juwan Taylor happy? And now you got bookends who, again, had their best years in 2022, in my opinion. I agree with you, man. I think the hardest thing for me is I just don't want to see our good players go anywhere. I, I, it's been so long since we've had them. I know. You know, yeah. and so especially one that doesn't have an attitude problem, right? Or one no. that's not beefing good on one. Twitter with with the with the owner of the team. You know, right. it's just like right. right. A good dude. And I and I just want I think people have misconstrued everything that I that I represent when I talk about this. Real quick, I got a real short segment here, but I want to ask you this. Yep. When people were trying to say make Tebow a linebacker, I know probably drove you crazy because everybody wants to make your position the position where, oh, if he's an athlete, put him here as if I know we call you meathead, but you actually do have to think to be a linebacker. Right. And you, you have do. to understand and have the instincts. How hard is it for a guy who to, to switch positions in the NFL? Bill Belichick said that uh, Darrell Revis couldn't play safety. And sometimes I think when you get a corner who slows down that they can play safety or a wide receiver that gets fat can play tight end. It's not that simple, is it? No, not unless you're like Rod Woodson or Ronnie Lott or guys like that that can do both. You know, back to Tebow, I I, I would have made him one of those all-purpose players. Forget QB, maybe a couple snaps, but let's see what he can do. But that's old news, obviously. We wish him well. But no, it's not – It's look, I think if I'm playing middle, which I did, I played Mike, if I had to move to Sam, which is now on the outside, and I'm looking at the offense from a totally different angle, yeah, there would be some time to get used to that without question. You know, you do – get used to the position you're playing you know look can you kick back with your right foot back the same speed and accuracy and balance that you can with your left foot i don't know some guys can some guys cannot you know some guys think look when i'm on the right side of the line i'm putting my right hand down man if i move to the left i gotta put my left hand down and and my stance changes and it screws everything up you know that some guys can make the transition some guys cannot so uh, you know, I think it's more of, you know, look, can you adapt? Could I could I have played Will? I, I wasn't really fast enough to play Will because I'd have to take that number two receiver all over the field pretty much, you know, and man and that kind of thing, and that wasn't my game. Um, but could I, from a smart standpoint, yeah, after a while I'd figure it out. I mean, they got the easiest job in the world, man. Nobody blocks them half the time. They get to <laughs> Roman and go to the ball. You know, the middle guy's got to deal with all the crap up front, so – uh, but it's doable, but you do have to, you know, look, you got to be heady. You got to know what you're doing and, and you got to study, man. You got to really study. No doubt. No doubt. I wanted yeah, to man. get you on here. We're going to do this again, man, because uh, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. We, we, we got to do it and get more de- in depth as we get closer and closer to the, to, to the draft, man. But tell everybody what you got going on and where they can find you, Tommy. 
Okay, so, uh, man, I'm all over the place. But I'm doing uh, my podcast, Catching Up with Tommy Mack, um, on 1010XL's podcast platform, on their website, on their app, also on Facebook, and we share it all over the place. The Horse's Mouth, which I'd love to have you back on, Wig. We're filming on Thursdays. Uh, we are now airing on Sundays at 12 noon on ABC 25. Uh, we should be airing the Baselli interview and the Hardy and Beasley interview from uh, the USS Orlick, which we did about a month ago. So that should be airing soon. And, uh, you know, you can catch me on all the all the social media. I'm, I'm pretty active overall. And, man, I just love talking about our Jags, our city, our people, and, and sports as a whole, man. There's nothing better, in my opinion. No doubt about it. I'm going to take you up on, on the horse's mouth, too, because I actually enjoyed that a whole bunch. Yeah, so I'll fun. talk to you soon here. We'll hit you up on Twitter, man. And right. uh, thank you for uh, giving us your input on the positions and the position switch. Appreciate your time. My, my pleasure. Go Jags. See you, bud. That's right. That's right. Tommy Mack, man. Tom McManus, longtime linebacker for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, really, really good guy. Good player. Good media dude. Good Jaguar dude, too, to have around uh, the city. You know, guys get here. Look, mark my word. People come in here, man, and they don't want to leave. They don't want to leave, and they end up staying here after football. So all the free agents that we're not going after, just know that just to know it, right? Today's sponsor is Ultimate Football GM, as you heard me talking about earlier. We keep talking about building these teams, man. It is harder, and I got to give Trent Baalke and those guys credit. This is a game, and it's more difficult than you actually think when you play ultimate football gm you get to control and manage every strategic aspect of your team as you play through seasons and lead your team to glory trying to build a historic dynasty now i'm going to tell you something i ran out of money several times on here because i went broke because i didn't do a good enough job so make sure you read the information and understand how to play ultimate football gm where you're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise. You got to hire people. You got to hire coaches. You got to make sure the training staff upgrade facilities and then pick players and manage the salary cap. Locked on NFL and locked on Jaguars listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo locked on in all caps in the game store. That's locked on in all caps. So make sure you check out Ultimate Football GM. It is an out standing game you can play on an airplane like i did because you can be in airplane mode and all of that so there it is ultimate football gm listen third segment is going to be about the salary cap and i brought my homie in ross jackson from locked on saints and locked on nfl and to those that don't know he's also my boss so anybody wants to tell on me y'all can i know some people every time i block somebody y'all want to tell me y'all go flood his Flood his lines and he's gonna call me. Wait, what are you doing? Ross, nope. what's up, man? What's up, brother? What's up, man? I'm glad to How be here doing? with you, dude. I'm doing I'm glad I'm to be here with you too, man. <laughs> because the time I was supposed to do a crossover two or three years ago with uh with you for Locked On Saints, I didn't answer your email. You and your boy too <laughs> remind me of that every time, and we missed out. So this is the first time we've actually done this together. That's right. Usually when we talk is is I'm getting admonished at some meeting or no, I'm just joking. <laughs> or Usually I'm, I'm heralding you. I'm being like, yeah, look at yeah, the, yeah. look at yeah, the technical right. savvy of our guy, Tony Wiggins and how he gets it okay. all done. <laughs> okay. So now this dude, now he's letting you behind the veil. So I'm like the least, I'm like the least most technical person on our network. And uh, one of the things that uh, we laugh about a little bit is 
whatever roster is going to go on break or be on break or, or or you need some time off or whatever, I joke and tell anybody, y'all uh, need some help, just call me. And everybody <laughs> gets a kick out of it because they know I'm like the least most technical person here. I want to talk about the salary cap, man, because I've been yep. going back and forth with a lot of people about the Jaguars not keeping Juwan Taylor and not spending in free agency. Mm-hmm. And I tell them every year, one of the things that people tell me is he's looking out for the future. And, and uh, there's no cap space. And I roll my eyes because we have this discussion every year. Ross, will you please explain why the salary cap isn't real? Because I said this earlier, you didn't hear me. I said, if the IRS was in charge of the salary cap, they'd go arrest oh. everybody in New Orleans because they'd be avoiding it every single year. Yeah. How do y'all get away with it? <laughs> well, the Ponzi scheme, as some would call it, uh, <laughs> here in New Orleans. Um, no, I mean, I think that the thing that to, the reason why I say things like, you know, we joke around about how the salary cap isn't real and stuff like that is that it's not really it's not really a hard cap. Like you, right. you don't have to stop at the raw number of two hundred and twenty four point eight million dollars. And and I think that where people get a little bit too kind of engrossed with the salary cap is they look at the salary cap on a year by year basis, not understanding that you can borrow from and you can also push down into future years or from future years or even from previous years. And so when you do things like the New Orleans Saints, for instance, to where they're, you know, using backloaded contracts and they're restructuring deals and pushing money into the next year and they're starting off seasons anywhere between 45 to $110 million over the salary cap just to become the NFL's third biggest spenders in free agency like they have been so far this year. It's because of the way that they're pushing some of that money into the future, yes, but also borrowing money back from the future. And the way they borrow money back is that they do backloaded contracts so that it keeps the first year of that salary cap uh, hit really, really low. So you do a, a vet minimum deal, signing bonus that prorates over the course of at maximum five years, and then push bigger numbers down toward the front or toward the back of the contract. That way the player still gets the big signing bonus at the beginning, which are all paid out in those you know weekly installments throughout the first year. But for the accounting purposes for the NFL team, it stretches out over the course of five years. We had somebody, some a national person, we ain't gonna mention his name. Oh my goodness. Say that last year <laughs> that uh the owners were cheating the players because they were pocketing all the dead space, the dead cap space money. And uh I I I, I know you shake your head, bro, because I, I told the dude five years in a row that that ain't what's going on, right? Yeah. So finally I had to air him out. And I was like, and the whole locked on crew was like, all when I put the DM, when, <laughs> we I, were put deep. DM, every, when I put it in the DM, all I saw was everybody go, oh God. Like, <laughs> cap space is, a dead cap space is money you've already given to a player that you've right. never had to account for in your cap. That's exactly right. And it just means that all that dead cap is, is that it means that you've already given that player money and it's sitting on your books for longer than the contract is lived out. That's the only thing that makes it dead cap. You're still spending the money. You've actually already spent the money. The only difference is that you still are on the hook for it for a year or two. Or like in Drew Brees' case, the way that the Saints handled it was like two years, three years after he was gone, they still continued to pay off some of their debts on his contract. The only thing that makes it dead cap is that he's already received the money and he's not on the roster anymore. It's not a situation to where that's just money that disappears or that never existed. So we don't want people to say like, really that the cap isn't real right but it can be manipulated easily. that's the thing yeah. and 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 that's what confused me because if you check on the if you check out the locked on nfl show today 
with me and James Rapine, we talk about Lamar Jackson. One of the things that confused mm. me about Lamar that makes me think what he's really doing is just challenging the league, mm-hmm. almost like the way Maurice Claret did. Yep. The one thing that makes me it, it makes me look like he wants to be the guy to say I made this happen and mm-hmm. I changed the league. When he says, "Yeah," he was jokingly I, I, even when he tweeted it, I thought it was a self ratio because he said, "I don't need a." I don't need a an I need an agent, right? But they offered me three years at 133 million. Like, yeah. But I'm like, dude, you didn't take it. You didn't take it though. Right. 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 So <laughs> I, I was hearing that the problem was the voidable years in the back. And people were saying, well, why do they keep putting those years on? I'll tell you why they're putting the years on it. Because whatever they give him at signing, they're trying to stretch it out That's so that it. they can actually surround him with some wide receivers, maybe, or something yep. like that. So for him to be asking for it and asking for those voidable years off. To me, it's hustling backwards. Yeah. Yeah. Because the thing that makes it easier for you to land with your team is that you allow them to stretch the cap it out. It has no effect on you. It doesn't impact you at all as a player. You get that signing bonus one way or another. The only difference is, does the team take that signing bonus on in thirds or does that team take that signing bonus on at a maximum of fifths? So usually you don't argue the void years because it helps the team make sure that it gets it done. Not to mention, you know, that those void years also get they have to get a fixed, a fictitious amount, which is usually $40, $50 million a year because in case that uh, contract were to get renegotiated within a year or within a calendar year for any reason, they have to keep a high ceiling on those void years in order to be able to restructure you into those void years. So there's actual practical reasons, logistical reasons for those void years having high salary numbers, quote unquote salary numbers, even though they automatically void at a certain point. So all it does is make it easier for the team to account for you. I don't know why you stand in the way of that. And then guess what happens after your three years where you got all of your guarantees out of the way and they need your help because they can't let you play at 58 million. So they say, Hey, let us give you these $58 million in a bonus and we'll add two more years. They're going to pay you or they're going to release you to the market and you're going to be able to double dip and get another contract. The thing is, is so I don't really get it unless, like I said, Lamar's trying to change the game if you will. Ross changes the game every single day on Locked On Saints and on, you still on Locked On NFL? On Tuesdays, right ahead of me. You're right ahead of me, right? (laughs) Yeah. That's who put all of those nice entries in with all of the perfect (laughs) capital letters and I have to go back and edit my stuff, right? (laughs) Yeah. And the next time you tell me at one o'clock in the morning, I misspelled somebody's name, won't be the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. It's Ross Jackson, man. That is uh, the host of Locked On Saints. He's also my boss, as I said earlier. We're actually closing out the show today. I'm going to tell him right now to go check you out, check all the Locked On NFL, and make sure you look at Locked On NFL scouting because Joe Marino and and my man Kyle Krabs, they do it like no others. Those are the draft dudes on Locked On NFL scouting, wherever you get your podcast and on the YouTube page. I had to do that while he's here so he knows that I did it very Nailed well. It. Nailed all it. Right, and, uh, all right, we're going to nail it again here tomorrow <laughs> on another edition of Locked On Jaguars. Until then, for Tony Wiggins and Ross Jackson, we'll see you next time. <laughs>